Sploosh. You're a freak. Let's dive in. Okay, here we go. For this week's episode. You're such a fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how you been doing, man? Since, uh, since I've been working hard, putting some graphs together, putting some methodologies together. Nice. Writing you, a paper. Have you started the paper yet? Uh, I've oh. not started the discussion. I've started writing like, yeah. the sections, but I've not started writing the, uh, the actual meat and potatoes, as someone might say. Or Bangers and mash. <laughs> it's just so this episode just going to be euphemisms for dicks. Um, meaty battered sausage. A big cock. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So what's what's been going on? Jepstein. 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 Jeffrey Epstein. That's what's been going on. Uh, oh, because yeah, you were telling me briefly. The guy who was suicided or maybe killed himself. Who knows? Allegedly suicided himself, but was he suicided by someone else? Who knows? The cameras were switched off. He was taken off suicide watch. The guards were asleep. It's very suspicious. And they were both working overtime. Yeah. Long overtime. And ties nicely in with the conspiracy episode. We missed. We missed missed it like a couple of days. We missed it by like two days or something. Three days. So ridiculous. I think it happened on like the Monday. Yeah. And we we recorded. Would have been hard to incorporate that though, I suppose. Nah. Nah, everything came out so quick. Immediately, sure. And it was, it's obviously pedophile island. Yeah. So, uh... You're, you're from there. I'm not from there. I'm not from there. <laughs> Disclaimer, I'm not from there. I'm from the UK. Um, one other thing that we have looked into is that open mic website. Um, oh, interests. Uh, interests. Yeah, right, interesting, but spelled wrong. Right. yeah so open mic is essentially this website how would how would you describe it it's Uh, open open mic but mic with a q dot com yeah it's uh sort of like twitter but with voices um Mm -hmm. i think the point is to allow people to have a platform where they can speak in a longer form and well a slightly longer form it's videos of like a few seconds up to about 10 minutes yeah and people post them and then you get responses and reactions exactly and you can have text responses you can have um, audio responses exactly exactly so it's just like a uh, it's an interesting idea yeah um it does it, i do think it, it looks needs, like it has a lot of potential it just needs ironing out and yeah and yeah. stuff like that i think once they have an app together then it all it could take off it'll kick off a bit yeah um, one other thing that has obviously happened recently is the tragic uh, death of Officer Andrew Harper. Have you heard about that? I've I've seen it, but I've not. I've not. Do you know seen anything much. really about it? Uh, I know that he was just married <laughs> for four weeks. Yeah, he'd yeah. been married. Yeah. That's absolutely horrible. And something about him was he dragged along the side of a vehicle? Yeah. So him and his partner were called to a burglary, um, and they got there. All the information that's out at the moment, last I checked, was. Uh, he got hit by a car and then another car ran him over while he was on the floor and that just basically dragged him along underneath the car. So is that two getaway vehicles then? Uh, I would guess so. Yeah. One, well, 10 people have been arrested. One of them is a 13-year-old boy. Okay. <laughs> um, so it looks like there was a gang of people going around trying to rob right. people. Panicked when the police turned up and just... Sped off. Yeah. Ran over a police officer twice. Yeah. That's probably a bad decision on your part. Rob, well, think, Rob right? Advice. Like, you're not going to clean all that blood off you, the bottom of your fucking car. Nah. I don't know. Discreet cleaning service. Because everyone knows a discreet cleaning service. Yeah. We, need we the, get rid of all your blood. We need the janitor. Ah, yeah. yes, we do. Yeah. We need it to clean. Um, so as you've said, last time we were talking about conspiracies and stuff like that. And I want to try and sort of keep with the theme of mystery. Um, and we need that chord. Bling. Bling. <laughs> um, I want to stick with the sort of theme of mystery and go for like mysteries and ancient earth. So like monuments and stuff like that. So there are a few obvious ones. And then there are a few, I think there's a couple that I didn't know about. And I don't think you will have known about either. So to start at home in the UK, Stonehenge. Close to home. Yeah, down the road, just um, down the M1. Is it is it close by to us specifically? Is it north? Oh, it's south. Pretty sure. Okay, I'm gonna have a cheeky look. Have it because that will be. That I probably. Was... Oh, it's in Wiltshire. Oh God, I don't know geography. I don't know UK geography. But it was. Um, 
it's basically a stone. Oh, well, basically everyone knows what Stonehenge is. Um, but it's a stone circle that was constructed between uh, 3000 and 1500 BC on Salisbury Plain in Wiltshire, England. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, and it's so old that um, we'll probably never know its purpose. Actually, well, no one will ever be able not to go the, for sure. This is this yeah, is. not the hard like exact what it was for. Yeah, but obviously, it's it's connection to the stars. Yes, the, it's more the sun, I think. Um, star, and obviously by extension is, of is that, is the sun a star? Oh, fuck, <laughs> you've got me there. Um, yeah, by extension, that means there's obviously a, f- a fair few theories on why it's there, because like it's so old. Um, so the first one that I found quite interesting was the notion of it being a healing site. Um, so skeletons uh, were found nearby with signs of uh, sickness and various injuries. Um, only problem with that is anywhere people are going to be buried, they're probably going to be sick or injured. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I've always. That's what I've always seen. I've always seen that evidence considered as evidence for it being a burial site, a yes. ceremonial burial site, yes. rather than. That's a stronger a stronger thought than a than a place of healing. Yeah. Um, the one one thing that people say could support this healing site theory is um, chunks of the stone seem to have been chipped off. Um, so people interpreted that as people chipping off healing stones like talismans. Um, okay. But again, that could just be people carving the rock in the shape that they wanted it to be. Yeah, it could also be. Um... Well, it depends how, whether the, the damage was dated or not. It could be people taking bits off of it. And going, oh, Stonehenge, rather than, yeah, sure, exactly. modern, semi-modern people. Exactly. Getting chunks off, yeah. Um, as you've just said, then there's obviously the notion of it being a burial site for important people. Um, <clears throat> one interesting thing to note is they seem to find an equal amount of men, women, and children okay. um, buried, or, or a roughly uh, equal amount. Um and then they also found an incense bowl and the head of a mace, um, which apparently was a sign of wealth in ancient times. I don't know how we'd know that, especially as ancient as Stonehenge. But I apparently... could definitely imagine that <clears throat> incense would be used as a ritualistic sort of last rite. Yeah. I could definitely imagine that. And I could definitely imagine that at the time what would have been considered the, the ruling classes or the wealthy classes were involved in the rit- ritualistic practices. Cause that's historically... like priests and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah, sure. That's historically what sort of makes sense. It's always the, it tends to be the sort of upper ruling classes that work in the sort of religious areas. Area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then probably the most compelling one, which is one you already know about is the notion of it being a solar calendar. Um, so the entrance faces uh, the rising sun during the summer solstice and then an avenue nearby that sort of leads up to it is aligned with the winter solstice sunset Um, and then sort of uh, archaeological evidence seems to suggest that pigs were slaughtered around December or uh, to January um, which could obviously suggest some sort of celebration or a feast during the winter solstice Um, and then this is the bit that you obviously told me about that the uh, if you stand at the inner st- at certain inner stones and look through certain gaps in the outer stones, um, it allows you to see the various sunsets and sunrises of the summer and, and winter solstice. Yeah. Um, so it's basically a seasonal calendar, really, isn't it? Yeah, I could definitely imagine though. <clears throat> obviously, there's always been a lot of superstition regarding, especially until we sort of actually had a good idea about what's really going on in the universe rather than, you know, just being here on a flat plane, not actually on a flat plane for you flat earthers. We're actually <laughs> on a round plane. It looks like it's flat, flat plane. Yeah. Here on a flat plane, looking out at what could be sort of anything, just vast emptiness. Yes. Um, obviously there was a lot of superstition, so I could definitely imagine that the reason it's, it's built like a sort of solar calendar is in order it is actually related then to its use as either a burial site or some kind of ceremonial site right sure so so you might have these sort of uh for example like a mass burial or some sort of burial during a similar winter uh, uh winter solstice with the sun setting 
oh, the sun's setting, we can see it through this gap, we're saying goodbye to this person that's died or something like that, for example. Right, or or it could just be that they're thinking, okay, well, <clears throat> they obviously had held this importance over the solstice. Yeah. Um, so they could be saying that maybe that's the time of the year that they want their dead to be looked at. Yeah, it's it hard, it's hard to the, tell, yeah, and, and exactly. there's certain beliefs and stuff the like that. The mythology surrounding the, the people that, developed it so do you not think then that it was essentially a timekeeper a a a a, a yearly timekeeper because i was thinking about that and and i do think that that's even now it's sort of a difficult concept to get around unless you're taught it from a young age do you know what i mean so for ancient people to go ah this happens every year even though they didn't know what a year was um and sort of to build something to reflect that that's quite a complex um both thought process and physical process to go through yeah i think that that my problem with that idea is that i know or or i would imagine that you know there's obviously there's the seasons and there's regular seasonal changes so you don't necessarily need a yearly because you'd have snow and 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 rain or at least autumn leaves falling exactly like that. different animals coming out different um, yeah so you'd have other triggers to show you that that's that's what was happening i would imagine yeah so yeah. it's and it'd be a lot of considering the size of the stones it'd be a lot of effort to go through when you don't need that for you to show you where, what time of year it is exactly when you've already got this back so you of think, how the world's changing around you yeah so you think it holds some other some form of religious or or faithful um yeah, purpose. yeah. Think about what we do now. We build huge churches. We build huge mosques. We build big fancy synagogues. You know, yeah. like we we have these. Uh, all the world's religions have these temples that are very grandiose. Even the religions that are more sort of subtle in how they deal with <clears throat> wealth. Yeah, they still have all these sort of grandiose stories, grandiose ideas, grandiose structures. So it's it's easy to to see how that's where these churches came from. Yeah. These big sort of um, ancient but large monuments that have been created. It, it sort of makes sense to me. That narrative follows through culturally. Especially, yeah. obviously, it seems that the further back you go, the more reliance people had on on a faith or a, or a religion. So it would make sense going back that far, that a monument that big that has withstood the test of time is most likely to be some form of religious monument. Yeah, what if they worship the sun? That makes perfect sense. Praise the sun. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Because that's what brings light and heat and light. Exactly, life. and that's what the solstice really is about. Yeah, um, yeah. It's about the sun having made the days longer again. Yeah. So I could imagine that they, they worship the sun in some sense and it was a religious... Um, like an offering to the sun almost. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, uh, there's obviously not, not even a way to really hypothesize on this, but do you think that uh, when there was a civilization, when the civilization that built Stonehenge was around, do you think they had a village or a town around, not necessarily directly around, but around Stonehenge? Or do you think it was a monument that you had to sort of pil- take a pilgrimage to? So I think that... I don't know whether I'm correct about this because it's been a while since I saw this information or heard this information. I believe there's evidence of a settlement nearby, but not super close. Right. So <clears throat> it, it, it kind of depends on what they believe. Did they want to keep their dead close by or did they have you know, sort of some idea about death and disease, mm. even if it wasn't like a well-formulated one. Because that's going a long way back like, for people to understand those sort of concepts of disease and stuff like that. Certain cultures, though, have always been, not even if they didn't understand it, they've they've taken measures because they sort of understand the notion but can't understand where the disease is specifically coming from well they make the associations they just don't necessarily know about the science yes it's like um uh miasma during the plague so people would obviously stuff their uh masks and stuff with flowers like the doctors um because they thought it was the smells and that makes sense bad smells are being caused by bacteria and stuff like that and it's, it's also a useful idea 
you know, say, telling people it's bad smells, right? That will keep you away from things that smell bad because you won't want to go near them because they'll make you ill. Mm. And then, by extension, a lot of the times it is things that smell bad that, that are, are bad cause- for us. Yes. So it's it's kind of like um, the porcupine quill thing, where if you tell a child that a porcupine can throw its quills, it won't go near the porcupine. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Same with the smells, right? Don't go near the smells because they're bad. It doesn't matter that you've got the wrong idea about As it. long as it helps yeah, the exactly, situation. Exactly. Um, so I could imagine something like that. So maybe... I, I think I think they have a decent idea of where the nearest settlement was. Yeah. But I'm not 100% sure. Not 100% sure. Um, so there's, there's actually another monument that uh, is designed to face the solstices, sets and, and rises um, in America, in Ohio of all places, uh, which I find, even that I find quite interesting that it shows the similarities or the parallels that completely different unrelated cultures of humans can the the similar associations that they can make between the sun having some form of significance and creating monuments to um to sort of cater to that um but at the same time the monuments look completely different so obviously stonehenge is a stone circle um this this place in ohio is called the serpent mound Ooh, ooh. And it's essentially, it's basically a mound that's in the shape of a snake. Like it sort of winds around and then at the end it sort of winds around its own sort of tail. Um, But the head of the serpent faces the summer solstice sunset. Um, And people think that the location of the serpent mound already had a natural location, a naturally forming location pointing that direction and they just accentuated it. Okay. Um, so I, I, <clears throat> because it was naturally made that way already, then I would, you know, obviously they could have, they could have sort of said, okay, well, this is facing the place where we want it to face. Let's use this. But it could have just been. Someone could have seen man. this sort of like maybe even an, uh, a sort of angular rock pointing and they just happened to see it at the point that the sun was setting. Yeah. And they went, they almost potentially had this spiritual experience to themselves yeah. um, where they thought, oh, this must mean something because yeah. humans are always trying to find meaning whether yeah. there is or isn't meaning. Um, and then when, okay, we have to build something here. We need to remember where this is yeah. sort of thing. Or, or it could have just been, you know, they saw the, the fancy the fancy formation and then they've been like, oh, that's weird. That's something that you don't see every day. Let's play with it. Yeah. It could just as easily have been that, especially if it was already naturally formed that way. I think the big thing about Stonehenge is like there's no other rocks like that for a long, a long distance. No, no. Even even stone other stone circles in England, they're not to that scale. Yeah. Um, I've seen one. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was called the De- St- St- Stone Circle of the Dancing Ladies or something like that. And it's basically small rocks mm. in a circle, mm. um, and that's it. Um, obviously, that could be. Uh, the remnants of a similar stone circle, or it could just be, I think more likely it's just... Small stones. That have been buried, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, onto pyramids. Oh, so not much about Ohio. No, there's. I think that's all, you know, because it's not... It's just a mound. There's yeah. no physical... Yeah. It's just where the ground is shaped. And it's just pointing the, the right way. So yeah. So there's not really much... There's 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 not much you can take from Stonehenge... But at least with Stonehenge, there's physical rocks that people have interacted with to make it like that. And you can obviously see how all the alignments. Yes. Um, there's a place called Teotihuacan. Um, okay. So uh, this isn't the pyramids that this we'll talk about the pyramids. In I a would moment. imagine that might be Teotihuacan. Pronounced Teotihuacan. Is it H-U-A-C-A-N? Yes. Teotihuacan. That's what. That's how I would probably pronounce that. I don't know. Let's find that later. Um, so this is a area in Mexico, central yeah. Mexico, yeah. where, <clears throat> you know, the sort of Aztec looking pyramids. Yeah. The sort of darker stone, generally flat at the top. Um, they're like that. Uh, and they predated the Aztecs by around a thousand years, um, which I find quite interesting. Do you know where the Aztecs were? Would that be South America? Like far yeah, yeah, South around America? There, around there, around there. Um, 
Uh, one of the pyramids uh, was found to contain the bodies of around a hundred human sacrifices. Okay, um, which is kind of kind of fucked up. Do you know how they know their sacrifices? Uh, see, that's what I thought when I was reading it. I was sort of like, well, they don't even know who it was that inhabited there. The yeah. Aztecs found it abandoned. Right. They yeah, found yeah. it like yeah. long in ruins. Okay. Um... And no writing was found anywhere nearby, so you you can't know anything about it. All it is is a structure. It's similar to Stonehenge in that respect, I suppose. Um, as much as there are these big structures, there's no information um, other than these bodies, essentially, yeah. as to what, why it was there, who built it, etc. No alignment to the stars or anything like that. Just no, a, just, a, just monuments. A step pyramid, you were saying. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, I think it's a group of them, maybe three or four of them. Okay. But I think only one of them contained... In um, the jungle? I think it's in just. I think it's surrounded by forest, but it's on sort of like a cleared area. Um, So that's quite interesting. Um, Yeah, the problem, the trouble with the trouble with these sort of places is it's it's almost too open to interpretation. There's not quite enough information to sort of go. Okay, well, because we know about this, you could take this from it, etc. I think. I can't remember exactly the ideas off the top of my head. I think Graham Hancock has some ideas about um, the civilizations that sort of came before the Aztecs and the Mayans. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the civilization because when you said the Aztecs found it abandoned, I've heard Graham Hancock talk about something similar to that. Oh, really? Uh, either the Mayans or the Aztecs finding a, areas. A ruined civilization. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But what happened to them? What could have possibly happened to them? Oh, loads of things. Think about how disease, quick disease can wipe people yeah, yeah. out. Um, yeah. There's there's lots of things, especially in the rainforest. Yeah. Especially where there's, there's a lot so of trees much. and it's so warm yeah. and there's a lot of, you know, it's easy for life to flourish in conditions like that. Obviously, that's why this, the, some areas like that are so dense with life. Strange life. Yeah. Yeah, alien, loads of various life, life, loads of insects and weird birds and all yeah. sorts. Of stuff. I, I think he has this idea that you know a small group of the civilization from before survived and were passing technology down the line. Um, right. Maybe even that some of them sort of travelled the world and were spreading technology throughout the world. Sure, I think I saw him showing some sort of uh, hieroglyphs. I might have, it might have been with Egyptian with a bag. Yeah. Yes, and that's the symbolic. Or not, not even necessarily symbolic. The giving the technologies man, to yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. So now onto the real pyramids. The real pyramids. Um, so I'm going to go straight into Graham Hancock's dimensional information Here because that's quite interesting. <laughs> okay, so you're going to have to help me sort of interpret this because I'm just going to basically go through and uh, throw out numerical information. Okay. So more than two and a half million stone blocks were used. Yeah, this which is, is the, absolutely mental. This is the hard thing, and they were all massive. Yeah. Like, uh, the whole pyramid weighs 6 million tons. Yeah. Um, it is 481 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Its base spans 13 acres. Um, and each base side is 750 feet long. Yeah. Um, and it is targeted towards true north within 360ths of a total degree. Which, the accuracy of that... I don't think you could say it's a coincidence. I think that's so unlikely. It's yeah. the The problem is we. I don't think we have any idea how they could have developed any technology. Well, I, the thing about civilizations like this, the thing about Egypt, is so much of the information was lost. Yes. Um, Similar with Rome and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Obviously, because of the catastrophes that sort of happened. And I think with, with Egypt specifically, uh, one thing I was thinking about is it's all desert. So any information, be them relics or, or uh, written information or buildings are going to be swallowed by the environment maybe quicker or maybe easier than, than in many other places. Um, yeah, well, all it takes is for... Well, think about how sand's blowing. Blustery, yeah. Yeah, and like an entire building could be buried and it couldn't be uncovered for for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, So there could be all sorts of... The pyramids could be way bigger than we realise and half half of it could be buried. I think that's unlikely because I think we'd probably... I think that if they used like some form of sonar to to map out 
the pyramids. So I'm sure they've used they, some sort of technology like that. Yeah, because they found, a, I think it was a couple of years back, they found a load of hidden chambers that they didn't know about before. Yeah, there was one um, where there's like a, basically a, a small window hole, like a, a small tunnel that you could fit like, I don't know. It's um, in heaven, I think. Yes, yes. But people put a, ro- uh, a motorized robot in there with a drill and they drilled through and they found a door at the end. Right. Um, so not a passageway that any human could fit in yeah, right. and then through the door there were hier- uh, more hieroglyphics okay. um, so they sort of think that maybe there was some sort of spiritual significance to it because you couldn't get there but there was also a small hatch door so how did they get there yeah. but why were the hieroglyphics in there if you weren't supposed to get there yeah I mean I, mean, I guess unless they had unless it was their idea that there was an actual you know, a, a, a physical spirit that would leave the body and it was just a way out. A way to, for it to get out, sure, yeah. sure. Um, but it does blow my mind that there could be way more passages and rooms that even we realise now. And again, like I just said, there could be entire pyramids that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, which are slowly getting eroded away underneath the sand. Yes. Um, the, I don't know how much sand moves on itself when it's just in there. Buried, yeah. yeah. Um, but then to relate all that sort of numerical data to the earth um so the pyramid's height times forty three thousand two hundred equals the polar radius of the earth so that is from one pole straight through the earth to the other isn't it yeah um i'm not good with all these math mathematics like terms because i hate maths well it'd be it'd be half of that diameter would be all the way across ah okay so it would be it would be half of the all the way, all yeah. the way through. Um, and then the base perimeter, so around the four sides, times 43,200, oh, okay. equals the equatorial circumference of the Earth. Um, so through that, we know that the pyramid holds the dimensions of our planet at a scale of 1 to 43,200. That's an interesting number, though. Why 43,200? So I think... Uh, I, I saw Graham Hancock talking about this and I, I forgot to write it down, which kind of pissed me off, but never mind. Um, the Earth has some sort of wobble as it's spinning um, and the amount it wobbles by is something like 72 something. Um, and if you times 72 by 600, you reach 43,200. It's something like that. So, so you can still get... Um, uh, he didn't say that. That's that. You need it all to relate to something. You can't just pick any random number. This is the thing. I love. I love his ideas, but sometimes he does. He. he it's called. Um, I tell you what. When when Sam and Jordan were debating. Yeah. Sam. Uh, Sam Harris. Jordan Peterson. They called it Jesus smuggling. So, the idea that, you know, you say all this stuff, you give a load of evidence for it, you explain your ideas. And then you just you just you just sneak one little thing in, right? So he's going, oh well, it's forty three thousand two hundred for uh, six hundred times seventy two. And because everything else makes sense, you ignore the one that doesn't. Exactly, it doesn't get questioned. Yeah, I think the one the one thing that frustrated me about Graham Hancock is I was completely with him up until the point he was talking about um, what was it? How they how they potentially built it. So I have some ideas which we'll talk about in a minute, but um, he was suggesting that. Perhaps these ancient civilizations had some sort of access to um, capabilities, of the, capabilities of their brain. So telekinesis, basically. And I like the idea of going, oh, there could be an entirely... We could have dormant abilities in us that because they've been lost through the ages, we don't know how to access them. But I think that's... Based on what I understand about biology and, and the brain and the mind and stuff like that, it's just sort of, I just sort of look at him and I go, you you have such good ideas, but stuff like that ruins it. Like yeah. you can't just go, oh, maybe they did this with no reason at all to believe that. Yeah, uh, I think I think even from sort of a physics perspective, there's no real, without making sort of big leaps, there's no real mechanism that you can foresee for... Having those abilities. Dis- exactly exactly for sort of distance um communication with a physical object yeah uh there's nothing that suggests that that could be a thing n- no not not really no not 
stuff. And I mean, people will say, well, quantum mechanics this and quantum mechanics that. That's not... The reason it's quantum mechanics is because it, it tends to only work on a really small scale and on a really small scale. Mm -hmm. um, and when we are pushing it up, we're finding some quantum aspects in larger systems, but not anything that you would go oh, okay, well, this means that we can move things with our minds or yeah. we can move things with the force or something yeah. like that. I think it's... And like like you're saying, that is my main qualm with him as well. Mm -hmm. is As much as he had, has good ideas, he makes too many leaps. Yes, yeah. He makes he makes one or two leaps where he's like, oh, well, if you, if you just do this, then it all makes sense, but I don't really know why I'm doing this. Yeah. It's like, you, that's you have to, not... You can't half-arse it. Exactly, um, exactly. But in terms of if if assuming that the Great Pyramid reflecting the Earth's dimensions is accurate mm -hmm. and they did that purposefully, like how does an ancient civilization that doesn't even necessarily know that they're on a planet um, work this out? Yeah, because that's that's and I suppose that's part of where the the notions that aliens could have helped with them or some form of other advanced being or be it be it a, a really ancient human who still had this knowledge or aliens whatever it could be how would they how would they do that you would have to have a strong understanding of um how how distance works and how shapes work so if you had you know a decent understanding about how the sky worked and and you sort of could understand that right okay these are coming over in a pattern the sun and the moon they're coming around in a pattern and they're always in this sort of place at the same time and okay so that means they must be going around us then all of a sudden you can say okay well how far away are they yeah and you can calculate that. and work out and you like can that. say sure. okay if they're this far away how long has it taken them for us to go around us yeah and so they... then by extension how large is the earth yeah um and they do think people do think that Egyptians were good at really good at math mathematics, don't they? Yeah, I suppose they must have been to to create these these structures. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, they there's there's a lot of hypotheses that there's a lot of information, ancient information that's that was lost to civilizations like the Egyptians, like mm -hmm. the Greeks, etc., mm -hmm. etc. Et so it's not beyond the realm of possibility that. They, they did have a, a strong enough understanding of how the world worked and our place in the universe to be able to calculate things like that. Yeah. Um, it's just then why they would do that. Yeah. Because that's a lot of effort to go to just for the sake of... And yeah. again, it could have some sort of religious Well, well that's what they are, isn't it? It's yeah. tombs. And unless they are, they're supposed to be um, uh, almost like an effigy of the world yeah right? okay so the base is the circumference mm -hmm. the height is the radius yes um so it, it is it is <laughs> <laughs> the mic drop Whoops. <laughs> <We're done! laughs> um, so the base is the um the base is the circumference the height is the radius so it is the the globe in a smaller on a smaller scale it yes is, it is literally a representation of, of, the, of planet. the earth yeah. right so they're putting them in this other representation of the earth and it, it could just be a monument to the place that they live. Mm, mm. Um, one other question I have is, how do you think uh, they built it? How do you think they got those stones as high as they needed to? Well, the, the one, that's the big thing. You would need like either ramps or a crane or something. And then obviously if you had a crane, you either need to erect the crane or have something there to use as a pulley system. Yeah. Um, it's it's really hard because it's they they were massive stones and they're all very well put together and there's millions of the stones exactly so it's it's really hard I, I mean at the end of the day you have to bear in mind Egypt had it was it was rife with sort of slavery and stuff like that see Graham Hon Hancock disagrees um in in relation to this he thinks he's he has stated that there is no evidence that Egyptian people had slaves, that they were all like architects that really cared about the job that they were doing. I disagree. I think undoubtedly they had slaves. Well, I mean, they had servants mm. and 
you, that's what and you're not going to have of, um, Moses is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're not going to have like thousands and thousands of architects yeah. who all care about the pyramid. Yeah, exactly. You might have one or two who know understand the mathematics behind it. And it's it. not going to be all architects. Like if you build a building. It's not the architects that put the building yeah, together. Yeah, they just design. The architects it. stand there with the plans. Yeah, or, or even a lot of the time, then it's not. It's not the architect that stands there with the plans. It's just the architect that draws up the plans, mm. gives them gives them to someone else, and then they stand there and tell people what to do. Yeah, um, but obviously there have been a few few ideas on how uh, they built it. Yeah, um, they, I think people messed around with an idea of there being one big ramp leading up to the top, but the problem with that is it would have to be huge. S- actual sandstone because if it was sand it would obviously just collapse um and it would have to it would still be there yeah um okay do you know what i mean yeah um unless they decided oh yeah we've built this huge ramp but now we're getting rid of it yeah um but i saw the the one sort of idea that i found quite compelling was um i watched this thing where uh, uh, i I believe some form of scientist called jean-pierre um hypothesized that there was it was built using an internal ramp that was then blocked off so the idea is that right on the corner at the bottom, you have a ramp going up mm-hmm. and then it turns up and then it turns up and then it turns up. But the, I think the key part to that theory is um, they left the corners open to, and they would have a pulley on each of the corners to when you got to the top of one ramp, lift it up and reposition to go up the next part of the ramp to so, sort of readjust it. So you'd go up one part, come to a corner. Yeah where it then had to go up to the left, for example, you'd have a pulley system that just like On lifted it up. But you'd have, no, you'd have the corner open. You'd have it open so there's no sandstone. So you go up this tunnel, you come On to a inside. corner. On the inside. Right. The, tunnel, the tunnel isn't exposed, but the corners right. are. Okay. So you get up to a corner, uh, you have people hoisting up the block, you sort of reposition it so it's in line with the next tunnel, and then you go up the next tunnel. So this would be going from, let's, pick a base right a base you would you put it in a corner yeah and then you would go up one ramp yeah yeah you would say let's go to the middle or you would go all the way through for example no you'd go through to the next corner right okay and Um, then there at that corner you'd hoist it up of pulleys to turn it and then you got the next one hoist it move it okay and then the, the, the initial problem i had with that was those tunnels would still be there unless, like I say, they blocked it up afterwards. If they were properly filled in. Yeah. yeah. As well as that, it's still, you know, you still need to erect a, 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 a pulley system that can hold all that weight in the middle of the desert where there's no nothing to counterbalance against. Yeah. So they would have had to build some kind of their own pulley system on the pyramids at height. Yeah. Mm. That's, it's... And that you would obviously need a different tunnel for each level. But yeah. then you'd only have one tunnel at a time unless that's what they did. What what if they build in one tunnel and then they fill that in as they're doing it and that creates a tunnel to the next level. They fill it in gradually. So you've got your one tunnel that's dead shallow and you go up that, you push your stone up that and you, you use your pulley system to rotate it, pull it along, place the rock. Then when all the, all the... You come back down, filling it up as you come back down. Exactly. Even. And that creates, could even create another tunnel, depending on how you engineered it. Yeah. Depending on, and like we're saying, there were no doubt intelligent architects around that time. There yeah. Were no doubt. Very intelligent they people. they built... This <laughs> ridiculous, that's even like mathematically crazy by today's standards yeah. when we have like education and stuff like yeah. that. What do you think of the whole sort of electric power plant notion so i had a little look around because i was hoping i'd come across something like really interesting and intriguing something like actual evidence yeah (laughs) but the literally the only thing that that makes it even slightly make sense is the fact that it comes to a tip and you could through logic in your own mind you can imagine like thunder hitting the top and it traveling down the pyramid oh i think but that's the only thing that i can think of that would make sense i think the more compelling mechanism here would be uh, static electricity buildup from sandstorms and things like that. Oh, okay. But it's made of stone. It's made of. There's stone. no no metal other than like like riches. It's not conductive. Yeah. It's it's and there's nowhere for the electricity to 
to go or to, nothing for it to no power to, exactly there's no, yeah. nothing no way to use yeah it's it. a very silly idea I think. it's you know it's it's not again it's not beyond the realm of possibility but the way they're built they're not it's not really i don't, it's, I don't think it's likely no it's very it's not likely. likely there'd be some sort of evidence for it, i think for sure they would have to have some way of then siphoning off that electricity to use it. Yeah. And they didn't And what would like they use it for? for like, exactly. You know. Um yeah. The pyramids are an interesting one. They're really big. They are, they are quite big. They're really big. And they're quite did we, they're quite cool inside. Did we go in the Sphinx? You can't no. Did we not? Sphinxes Sphinxes uh Sphinx was roped up when we were in Egypt. Oh, okay. But I, I went inside the one of the great pyramids. So we we both did. Oh, did you as well? Uh, yeah, because remember I mentioned this to you a few months back because we I have a completely different memory. Yeah. To yeah. you and everyone else. So just sort of explain that a little bit. So I have this memory of of going into entering the tunnel and there being this really cool breeze um, in comparison to outside, um, like proper like you've got a quite a powerful fan blowing on you. Yeah, um, but when I mentioned that to you, you remember it being ro- ten times. Well, not maybe not ten times. That's a bit yeah, hyperbole, but few way warmer. Few degrees. Um, and then, because I have such a vivid memory of it being cold, yeah. I googled it, and everyone agrees that it's really hot. Yeah. So I don't know where that memory's come okay. from. Yeah. No idea. Strange. No, but it's, it's it's interesting to go inside. The very what you can see is very limited. And it's a bit cramped. Well, it was just, it was basically just one long tunnel down into a, into, into the a main room. chamber. Yeah. 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 Um, was there like a fake coffin? Look, I'm sure there was a ta- some sort of table. Oh, really? Yeah. It looked like a wooden table to me, oh, though. I, I'm not sure then. I, that, again, that, I, I, I can't hey, trust that my. Was, it was like 13 years ago. Yeah, I can't trust that. my memories on that. Yeah. I was very young as well, wasn't I? Yeah. I was maybe eight. Yeah, something, something like that. Like that. Um, something like that. But it's, if if you get the chance to go, ladies and gentlemen, definitely do. Even though Egypt's ridiculously dangerous nowadays, yeah, don't get killed. Yeah, don't get. I uh, screwed up. I can actually remember. We you can remember when we went to the museum, and the museum guide used me as an example on what you'd do to a mummy in terms of like he pretended to like yank my brain out of my nose oh, and stuff. Yeah, that was quite fun. Um, okay, so this is sort of not quite this is this is sort of like a bridge between this episode and next week's episode um but it's sort of it keeps with the theme of um ancient earth uh why are you pulling that face um uh yes okay okay brilliant so i've got a little story for you right uh, about the amazon rainforest so obviously we spoke in um episode 3 about um how there's space yet to explore and the ocean yet to explore. But obviously, there's three places, really, that we can explore. And the Amazon rainforest is the most hospitable one out of the three. Yeah. We, you can't live in space. You can't live underwater. I can live in space. No, you can't. Okay. As much as you'd like to think. I'm a tardigrade. Uh, no, you're not. You're not a plankton. Um, <laughs> They're not plants. Plankton. Oh, okay, sorry. Jesus. Um, so this will sort of show how unhospitable the most hospitable of those three places is. So I was basically watching, there's this channel on YouTube called Wonder, and they basically have this series called I Shouldn't Be Alive, which is basically just people who have been in, like there's one, a guy uh, who spent spent 26 days lost at sea. Um, okay. And stuff like that, basically. Um, so this one, I'm going to try and give you like the, the basic rundown to show you how terrifying it would be to to live there i'll murder snakes uh there's no snakes i'll murder spiders well there's no spiders mentioned i'll murder that's an interesting i'd be interested to know how accurate this actually is mosquitoes uh yes okay so there's this this guy called no it's not fucking jurassic park fam um so there's this guy called benedict allen don't know why (laughs) i don't know why he's got two first names but there you go (laughs) maybe it's benedict and alan um (laughs) there's two guys so he goes to explore through the amazon rainforest his dad was like an adventurer and he wanted to do the same thing he had a stray dog that he'd found that he kept with him in the amazon he found it in a village close to the amazon i believe um and he's looking for el dorado the lost city of gold yeah yeah um, and he was lost for 27 days in uh, in the Amazon rainforest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he has two tribal guides, like people with loincloths on. Yeah. Um, 
they're, they're showing him how to eat, hunt, survive, and stuff like that. Um, and they stumble on a camp, um, and the the uh, the guides are sort of entranced by a, a tin opener, <laughs> and they're like, "What okay. the fuck is this?" Um, and then they're confronted by these bandit miners. Um, think, do you know Danny? Is it Danny Trejo, the like the Mexican um, actor, horror film actor? I kind of know who you're talking about, but I not really. Don't. Okay, I'm not good with famous um, people. Just some Especially like, actors. just some like, s- s- really far South American yeah, yeah, minor yeah, bandit yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they offer to help guide him, and they say, "Ah, oh, we know where you want to go. Come and stay with us." Uh, and he thinks, "Oh yeah, I'll do that." Okay, so hang on, hang on. This is they're at camp. These these bandits. Two, these, this guy. No, oh, oh no. they they stumble across their camp. Oh, okay, right, right, right. So this adventurer stumbles across the miners. Okay, camp, and then the miners confront them and say, "Oh yeah, we can help you." And they see the tin opener. That's the tribesmen who see the tin opener. Okay, there's three groups of people. Oh, okay. The okay, tribesmen okay. are with the adventurer. Right, I'm with you. I'm with you. The tribesmen are with Jeez. the adventurers. They stumble across the bandit camp. The, the tribesmen are interested by the stuff. Yeah. By the Western inventions tin and stuff. And then the the bandits off to guide him. They settle down for the night, and he wakes up and hears them talking in their language about how they're going to kill him and steal his shit. Um, so he grabs his stuff, runs to his canoe, hops in with his dog, and just goes off into the dark in the middle of the night. Mm. Brave. Yep. So he eventually fight, like sort of brushes up against the side of the river, gets out, and camps down for the night. Um, he wakes up. And tries going down the, the river looking for a trail to get out. Uh, he loses the dog in the rapids because oh, no. his boat gets fucked up. Oh, no. Um, he starts starving to death because he's only in the tips of ferns. Should have eaten the dog. Um, I'm not even going to comment on that. <laughs> um, he finds a tree with edible fruits on. This, this is probably like a week or two weeks in. Okay. So he's basically starving to death. Yeah. Um, with these edible fruits on that he saw the tribesmen make into this mush. Right. So he does that, sort of drinks it down and then throws it back up because his body's rejecting it because he's starving. Okay. Um, then he realises <laughs> he's got malaria. Uh, so he's confused, his hands are shaking, he's got the sweats. Uh, and then after two weeks, the dog finds him again. This is what I mean. There's a lot of things that happen where either he skips over some stuff and you go, well, that's rather unlikely. Um Oh, it's just stuff that you wouldn't expect could happen, if the, that makes sense. The dog finds him. So he's been lost for about two weeks. About two, two weeks. Two and a half. I think I think it's probably been like between a few days and a week between him losing the dog and finding the dog. Okay. Again. Um, uh, the dog starts lagging behind um, and not coming with him. Uh, so he looks at the dog and realises there's a lot of meat on that dog. Yes. But he can't bring himself to do it. No. Um, you need to eat the dog, bro. A few more days pass. And he, he kills the, and he kills the dog. He cooks the kidneys, the liver, and the heart, mm-hmm. um, and starts eating them. He throws them back up because he's starving yeah. to death. Um, his 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 body's starting to give up. He's killed like a dog, like his only friend. He's yeah. got nothing out of it. Um, and just as his body's like fully giving up, he sees a cut branch. And he's civilization. Like, civilization. Yeah. He finds a trail, follows the trail, and then he comes out of the bushes to like someone's back garden with their hut. And the guy's looking at him terrified because he can tell, well, fuck, you're like basically dead and you've got malaria. Um, and then and then he's he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. He, he, yeah. But the thing is, like I say, I, it's, it's difficult to say how accurate that is because fair enough, it's, I think it happened when he was like 20 odd years old. And the, when you see clips of him talking about it, he looks about 40 odd. So it clearly happened a long time ago, but he seems so unfazed by it all. And that would like, if if I was out in a rainforest and I spent basically a month starving to death and I'd killed the dog that had kept me company for that whole time, ate it, and then I'd killed a a dog for no reason, that would fuck me up for a long time, I think. I don't think I'd be able to talk about it. 20 years is a long time. Yeah. 20 years is a long time. Uh, It's, it's, no, it's not. It's not that outlandish. I mean, the problem is it once you've once you've got to that point where, you know, if he's tried to eat once and he can't stomach it because he's starving, yeah. and he's tried to eat again and he can't stomach it because you're starving, 
you know, you're really kind of too far gone at that point. Yeah. There's not really a lot you can, you can do. do. You would need, he would need immediate hospital attention with like an IV and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think the second time, it implies the second time when he tried to eat the dog, it was more because of his malaria as opposed to the starvation. Right. But if the first time was due to starvation and that was just like berries. Why was it not malaria? When it was a fucking, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think the reason I bring that up is because it shows what it would have been like to live in that ancient world because that's essentially what it would have been, obviously in some parts of the ancient world yeah. rather, um, in terms of having to survive with no civilization, disease everywhere, uh, danger, death, the, the danger of starvation and stuff like that. Um, it's, I, I wouldn't want to go there. <laughs> even, even if I knew it, it'd be fine. I'd be, I'd be reluctant, to be honest. If you think about it though, they probably have more fulfilled lives than a lot of Western people because they have purpose and responsibility well, their within their culture to survive. Yeah. They actually have to try to survive. Mm. That's the big thing for them. Whereas we don't, we can realistically in the Western world, you can get away with doing nothing. Yeah. Um, and that's why everyone's fucking depressed. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Cause no one has any responsibility. No. no one needs to do anything. Exactly. Because if you, if you don't want to go out and hunt and gather, then you can just sit on the sofa, watch TV and get a government payment. Literally, which um, is what a lot of people fucking do. A lot of people do do that. Um, but yeah, I sort of wanted to end on that. Um, partially because it relates to the ancient world. And also because um, next week we are going to be talking about um, not just the Amazon, but sort of more tribes and tribe culture and stuff like that. And I thought that'd be a nice linking... It's a nice, yeah, it's a nice segue from, uh, you know, talking about ancient monuments, then talking about what life might have been like for the people that built the ancient monuments, um, and then segue into the actual people. Yeah. For next time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been nice for them for sure, but more, more purposeful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you'd actually have, you'd need to do things, and that's what you need to do, people. Find your purpose. <laughs> and then... Uh, life lessons with Matt. Life lessons with Matt at brainfortpodcast.com. But... Oh, go on. Go oh, on. Oh, I, don't, I wasn't even going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're just doing the mic clean for no reason. Yeah. So, what are tribes people really like? <laughs> Tune in next time <laughs> to, find to find out. out. Wow. Wow.